Hello, everybody, and welcome to the You Thought Sport Podcast. I'm here with the usual crew today. We got everybody. We got Lucas, Jared, Bart, and Wyatt. I'm your host, Aiden. Um, we've got a ton of stuff to cover today. Um, but per usual, we're going to start out with the news we missed. Um, and, you know, we love college basketball on this podcast, so we have to start there. Talk about it all the time. Um, but there was big news this week, and it's a big month, as we all know, for college basketball. Um, but Coach K, Coach's last game at Cameron Indoor, um, pretty much every relevant Duke player ever was there to watch them lose to UNC, um, which is kind of oh. hilarious. <laughs> Chef's kiss. Exactly. just like a brilliant, <laughs> perfect ending. <laughs> it was beautiful. Um, but anyway, sticking with some, some basketball, moving to the pros, um, some stats came out this week about NBA refs and uh, revealing the fact that the NBA assigns more experienced, generally better refs to bigger games. So like the Lakers, the Warriors get um, pretty experienced refs while the Magic um, and teams of their ilk generally get kind of screwed on that front. I don't know if people have uh, takes or feelings on this. I think that's fine. I think that's fine. I want televised games. The NBA and fans do not want to see bad refereed, poorly refereed games. And I, I don't. I would want to see evidence that a referee's like a poor referee actually influences a game's outcome. Like maybe sure they're gonna have a couple bad calls, but how many times do they influence a game's outcome? Even if they do, we're, nobody watches it. Nobody sees it. So it's fine. <laughs> if a tree, you know, if a tree falls in the woods, if bad refereeing happens and there's no one there to hear it, does it happen at all? Okay, counterpoint. If the referees are that on different where like it doesn't really matter, then they can just randomly distribute them anyway. Yeah, like and the if NBA they do matter, then they should fix it. Yeah, because the NBA clearly thinks it matters if they're doing this, right? right. Well, I mean, the, every given... sport does it though. The NFL they assign their most experienced refs to the Super Bowl. Well, that's because they're well, that's different. There's no competition. Yeah. Why is that different? Because, because it's the single game that week, and it's the most important game of the season. It's not a regular season game, of which there are 82 in the NBA. Yeah, it's like there's no. But the Sunday night, the Sunday televised games or whatever, like the Christmas Day games, let's say, for NBA. I mean, that's that's n equals one. But, I don't think that's skewed this study that much. Games like that. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> <clears throat> As a Timberwolves fan who are seventh worst, it bothers me. Okay, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. 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 I don't know. The Timberwolves refs might get better, Bart, in the coming. I don't know. <laughs> Did you see the play yes. where they literally ran into the, the floor sweepers and they didn't call yes. tech? Uh-huh. I think it was the yes, I do remember that. Strategy, but but again, no one saw it. There's no video of that happening. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway. Um, but moving on to some baseball, uh, the lockout is still happening. Um, but news is out that the MLBPA and the MLB have agreed to eliminate the shift in 2023, make Thank the bases goodness. bigger, um, oh and implement a pitch clock. Um, oh, God, Wyatt. <laughs> Boo! They make Boo. baseball worse Boo. across the board. Oh, my God. It's I, like, it'd be like, I don't know, if basketball's like, let's not play zone defense again. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Or, like, an NFL team, like, passes to the left side of the field 80% of the time, but you're not allowed to, like, I don't know, put your best corner over there or something like that. It just does mm-hmm. not make sense. It, and it, yeah. It means that in the future, if you think you figured out something clever, like a good strategy for making, you know, your team better, the MLB will probably just change the rules to make it not matter. Um, but anyway. The base is bigger thing, too. They're, like, significantly yeah. bigger, too. I don't know how much of an impact it'll actually have, but it's 
kind of more stolen bases maybe i don't know more infield singles yeah, yeah. yeah. Of, i love a good yeah. infield single i really do yeah <laughs> it reminds me of how like in like elementary school did you guys see the thing where like yeah. the teacher would put down like the mat <laughs> and like you'd play kickball and the bases would be the mat oh yes <laughs> yes <laughs> Lucas, that's, what what ten years, that's where we're gonna be okay we're gonna i'm be so glad i'm baseball i'm really glad that some a kid in philadelphia and a kid in washington like have the same pe <laughs> elementary school experience we both played this game with mats and stuff I don't know. I and it's like funny. you can put as many people in the mat as possible yes dude that was so fun that was... see Aiden that's what they're going for yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know who am I to question Rob Manfred um, <laughs> anyways well moving finally to the NFL where there was a lot of news uh, we're going to start out with less important news and move to, to more important stuff. Um, Calvin Ridley was suspended for the entire 2022 season. Uh, then what's eventually coming up. Um, it, it originally was the most important NFL news this week. Things have yeah. changed. Um, but, it's less but, yeah. important than Kirk Herbstreet? I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, it's less important. <laughs> I should have uh, I should have defended Kirk better there, but the I, Kirk I think Herb you're right. Segment. Sorry. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> our, our usual Kirk Herbstreet Herb segment. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. Calvin Ridley was suspended for the year um, for betting on NFL games. He bet $1,500 total apparently, right? Um once he bet on the Falcons, but I'm pretty sure he bet for them to win. So it all, it's interesting. Um, yeah, I thought yeah. I saw a tweet or something that was funny. That's like the NFL was like tweeting out all this news or like posting articles about this news, like sponsored by DraftKings. Or no like, way. Like, yeah. So it's just like, I don't know. There's an underlying irony to the whole thing. Oh, yeah. like obviously, you shouldn't bet against your team, but he didn't yeah. do that. So, no. yeah. And like, I don't know, the NFL is, you know, giving out smaller suspensions for like actual crimes and whatnot you know domestic <laughs> violence and stuff so it just all feels mm. a little bit weird um yeah but anyway so yeah there, there go the calvin ridley trade rumors um but yeah moving into yeah, the sorry yeah, just yeah, before yeah. we move on is he a free agent next year is that what how that works uh, that's a good like question. the falcons just lose out and then one last year of calvin ridley they don't get to trade him at all unless they use a tag i don't know i don't know that's a great question. Yeah, that's a very Somebody good question. Look into that at some yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. Figure it out. Yeah, I should not have bet already on the Falcons to win next year's Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a wasted bet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not the most costly wasted bet of the of the week, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> it looks like sorry. It looks like that contract shifts to 2023 when Rid- Ridley would have been a free agent, so okay. they can remove his payroll, his salary from this year, gotcha. off the okay. cap, basically. That seems reasonable. Um, but but yeah, now we're going to go into the biggest NFL news of the week. Kirk Herbstreet um, is going to be calling <laughs> Thursday Night Football games on Amazon. Um, any hot takes about this? <laughs> I, I like Kirk Herbstreet as a play-by, like as a color guy on live TV games. I think um, I think he's pretty good, actually. Yeah, I think so, too. As long as he doesn't get into like his takes about like the sport, how much NFL like, players love love football. <laughs> yeah, but you know, he's I think he's a good play by play guy, and I, I like listening to him in that sense. So like, yeah, I think he'll do a good job. Yeah, fair enough. And finally, some Saturn news: we have Deion Sanders lost two toes after um, foot surgery complications, which is mm-hmm. you know, it's unclear which toes. Really unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> Important so, detail. Yes. Yeah. So rough for Deion. Um, but anyway, we kind of alluded to this earlier. 
Um, today we're recording on Tuesday. There's oh, this some, big pr- some pretty big <laughs> NFL news. Um, starting with Aaron Rodgers is back with Green Bay. It's kind of unclear <laughs> what exactly the contract is. It seemed like it was going to be four years, two hundred million, but Aaron Rodgers has already come out and disputed that. Um, really? Apparently, yeah. Um, yeah. So who knows if that means that's you know larger or smaller? I guess larger in that case, but I don't know. Um, can you imagine if it's larger? I don't know how it could be <laughs> at that point. Um, but, um, and then a few hours after that, um, clearly the the Broncos realized they weren't getting Aaron Rodgers. They traded for Russell Wilson instead. They sent the Seahawks two first rounders, two second rounders, um, a bunch of players. Um, so yeah, a lot of a lot of big name players move in today. Uh, gut reactions. As a Vikes fan, no, no, I was reading that. Devastated, Rodgers is staying. I'll say that. I, I, and I've said this before. I was actually surprised that he stayed. I really thought he mm-hmm. was leaving. Um, yeah, yeah you thought he was leaving last year, even when we were doing the. He just keeps surprising talking. me. You know, I don't know if <laughs> it was wishful like, thinking. Um, I was gonna say I wouldn't be surprised if the change, the thing that he's disputing, is actually less time in case he wants mm. to make his own contract a little bit more like flexible for himself, long term. Mm. Um, but that's like the only thing I could think of. I'm also curious to see how much that money affects the Packers because we've seen with Mahomes, this huge contract is actually worth a little more per year, and they haven't been as good as the Super Bowl run since he signed that extension. So, yeah, I thought about that too. Like the issue, I think a lot was that they weren't surrounding him with enough talent, like to some degree, and now they're gonna it's gonna be even harder for them to do that. So it seems like if he wants to like win again, I don't know. Getting that huge of a contract was maybe not the right move, but mm-hmm. so it goes. First, so I'm reading the thing. He keeps emphasizing the word "signed" as far as the contract. So maybe he just never signed the contract. You know how particular he is about his words. Yeah, as a war on the media and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. First of all, poor Adam Schefter. I feel like has been having a really tough month where everybody just keeps telling him that he's wrong. Everyone's <laughs> like, oh yeah, that's not a real report. Same with Lamar Jackson did the same thing. I feel like it's a no-brainer to stay with Green Bay. I'm actually not that shocked. He has a good relationship with Matt LaFleur, the best player he's ever played with as a Green Bay Packer in Devontae Adams, and he would be going, if he wanted to go to Denver, he'd be going to a way tougher division, you know, in a way tougher conference in the AFC, I think, right now. Because all there is in the NFC, it's him and Matt Stafford, basically. I know that, you know... Uh, moving on. I know that <laughs> I know that Kirk Cousins is pretty decent. Uh, pretty good, Bart. Excuse me. I know that Kyler Murray is elite in some people's minds, but Aaron Rodgers is by far the best quarterback in that division. And now that we'll get to it, Russell Wilson is gone. There makes is no point in him trying to go to the other side. So I, I also I'm just going to push back. I think the narrative that he hasn't had good talent around him is a little bit false, at least as of late, because. I would trust Brian Gutenkus to be able to draft well enough to fill the roster out around him. Just my two cents. Well, speaking of two of the AFC, like with Wilson going there, sort of shifting over to him, the quarterback talent not only in that conference, but that division alone is insane. Like the fact that Derek Carr at this point is probably the worst quarterback in the division, and he's, he's a very good quarterback. He's is the best worst insane. quarterback in the division yeah, in history. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I, I have genuinely no idea at this point who's going to come out of the AFC next year because you have Mahomes and you have Herbert and you have Burrow 
and you have Alan, and you have Russ now, and you have uh, like other people who I can't even name at this point because I've named like five elite quarterbacks already, and yeah. like it, just the talent level there is insane. Yeah. I hate. It. Go oh, go ahead, Wyatt. <laughs> you go, Bart. Go. Uh, I was I was just gonna say I, I I hate the word spooky as as describing sports teams. People used to describe the Timberwolves as spooky for like five straight years when they were drafting all the picks, and it never turned out. <laughs> But I've said this before. The one thing the Broncos needed this year was a quarterback. They are stacked everywhere else, or like relatively stacked. I think they're going to be very, very good next year. I'm very excited for Ross that he actually will have a contending team. I expect them to go very far in the playoffs. Yeah, they're, the Broncos uh, went from having the fourth best quarterback in that division to the third best quarterback in that division. So, <laughs> you know, it's a I huge mean, it's a huge needle to move. The question I, is whether Russ no, is going to regress more, yes. or if he's going to go back to how he played like three, four years ago. Well, the good news is I think the recipe, at least when he won his Super Bowl and he, he made his two Super Bowl visits, is they had an elite defense with an elite secondary. And right now between Patrick Sertain, Justin Harris, um, they have a lot of talented guys on that team. So, I mean, you know, it, it's going to be good. And with the what, the Seahawks cutting Bobby Wagner, I think that there's a decent chance that maybe Bobby Wagner also joins Russ in Denver and the possibility of Von Miller coming back as well is yeah, up I heard that as well. He'd already sort of like alluded it like before they signed Ru- or before they traded for Russ that he wanted to come back to Denver, and now like I think the rumors are probably only going to intensify at this point. So, and just to correct, my, I meant Justin Simmons, not Justin Harris. Um, but yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the Seahawks made out. Um. I mean, I guess now that they are probably going to cut Bobby Wagner, it's like they're just going full on rebuild at this point. And I mean, even I even I guess just trading Russ, you're already going kind of a, in, to a full on rebuild. I think it's fine when you have like some pretty terrible contracts as well, like Jamal Adams on your team too, uh, to try to get some young talent and get some draft picks. I think it's fine. I I yeah, would say but... though, like a lot of. Like one of my uncle is a, is a big Seahawks fan. I texted him uh, earlier today, and he's happy to get Russell Wilson off the team because of his contract. But I don't think you should really be that happy that he's not on the contract. Like, and he and like their argument will be, well, we went seven and ten even with Russ, and like he was six and eight, I think, as a starter last year. But you're not gonna who you're gonna get that's better that is gonna make you that is gonna turn you from seven and ten to the twelve win team you were the year before. I don't know. Right, I I have this rule, and I was very hard on. I've been very hard on Russell Wilson. I think over the last two years. Yeah, you have. I have a rule though. You don't trade Hall of Famers, at least when they're in the in the middle of their sort of so to speak prime. And I think Seattle had a choice between choosing Russell Wilson or Pete Carroll, and they chose Pete Carroll. And now they they have a seventy year old coach leading them into a rebuild for the next ten years or so, maybe. And is Pete Carroll going to coach for the next 10 years? Because if I were the the Seahawks, I would have rather have moved on from Pete Carroll, hired a coach that Wilson would have liked or somehow, and try to compete for another uh, championship there. Rather than go on, move on from Russ and try to rebuild the roster from the ground up. Because that seems like that's what they're doing under Pete Carroll's vision. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised though if Pete Carroll is gone in a year or two. I agree though. That, that, like I don't see him staying around for a super long rebuild. But I don't think the things are necessarily necessarily related. I don't think it was them like picking Pete Carroll's side or, you know, choosing to stay with them. I think it's clear that I, I don't know. To me I feel like 
it was time for the Seahawks to rebuild. They're definitely not going to get better in the next year without Russell Wilson. Um, but yeah. they've they've clearly went all on in on this team a while ago. Um, they had something to show for it, but I think it was time. Wyatt, to your point, I almost feel like it's. I I feel like they were coupled, Pete Carroll and Ross. I'm actually I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. if Pete Carroll's out this off season. Because you're right, like I agree, I, I don't see why he would want to stay around for a rebuild. It doesn't. It seems like he he's always been a coach that Seahawks fans have considered like a, big, a guy who was like a consistent playoff contender, and he like consistently pushes out good teams. And now it's like mm. he's old, and why would he want to stay? And now that his star quarterback is gone, like yeah, I don't and know. Why would they want to keep him? I mean, well, that like, too. <laughs> I feel like yeah, it, yeah unless they, hi- unless they hire one of his disciples, I mean, what what's the point of keeping him and having him help shape the roster? Yeah, well, I just feel like they got caught in a weird spot where they weren't sure if they were going to be trading Russ. I'm not sure they entered the offseason knowing for sure whether they were going to do that. Yeah, they if actually... they were going to go into next year with Russ, then it would be the type of thing where they would try to make the playoffs and do something, right? In which case, yeah, I think keeping sure. Pete Carroll would be okay. Uh, but now all the coaches have been fired, right? Every, like That whole thing's over. It'd be weird if they fired him now. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. tomorrow. Um, but, um, so I, I don't know like that it was intentional. That being said, uh, John Schneider and Pete Carroll did a really good job overhauling the Seahawks roster the first time around. Mm. We can give them the benefit of the doubt doing it a second time around. Yeah, and then they, so. they who did they draft? They drafted Rashad Penny in the first round. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Yeah. Wait, but he was he was low key very good. He was good really last year. good. Yeah. Like, yeah, arguably one really of the best running backs should yeah. not yeah. be drafted yeah. in the first round. For like yeah. three yeah. <laughs> I'm just try- I'm trying to give them some benefit. Of the doubt. <laughs> yeah, the benefit of the doubt is that John Snyder has drafted, I think, five Hall of Famers so far in his career. Four or five mm-hmm. Earl mm-hmm. Thomas, Richard Sherman, Russell Wilson, um, Wagner, Bobby but... Wagner. Yeah. And then. Cam Chancellor might be maybe five. Yeah. But yeah, you know. And they traded they traded for Marshawn yeah. before as well. Yep. Yep. Trade. Yeah. 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 Well anyway, I'm sure we'll have more to discuss about the Packers, about <clears throat> the Broncos, maybe the Seahawks and you know, the coming months or so. Um, and how their their season will look next year. But we're gonna move on now to another thing that happened last week again very busy week uh the nfl combine happened um and that's obviously making us look towards the draft which is now two ish months away um but we kind of have our first like you know piece of information uh, about it so we're gonna we're gonna go through our first mock draft of the season exciting times yeah okay we're gonna dive right in i am first with the jags uh and i'm gonna go with a pretty boring pick here i'm gonna go with evan neal from bama um trevor's the boy he's the boy for the future um there are a lot of things the jags need they need pass rushers so aiden hutchinson wouldn't be a bad pick or you know Thibodeau or whatnot um but they need to protect trevor he's their future um and he's super versatile so he can kind of play anywhere on the line um he was left guard as a freshman right tackle in 2020 um left tackle from there on out he's i think the best lineman in the draft so invest in the future jags that's the pick Good, and I am picking second for the Detroit Lions. I'm ecstatic that I get to pick Aiden Hutchinson, defensive end from Michigan. He's PFF, PFF's highest-rated player 
finished second in the Heisman, obviously. And I think generational like defensive ends might be second or maybe third most important position after quarterbacks now. I know why it might say it's receivers, but I think a defensive end is like right up there. He comes from Michigan already, blue-collar mentality, goes to a blue-collar team. He's going to be ready to bite off kneecaps, as everyone has been saying. So <laughs> I think if Aiden Hutchinson wasn't is not available here, I would not be shocked if the Lions trade back, personally. Oh. Moving on to the Texans. Bart, you're on the clock. Yep. So this is interesting. The Texans were pretty bad. They need help in a few, sp- few different places. Um, I think... This everywhere, pick, according to PR. basically, yeah, everywhere. <laughs> this pick for me boils down to whether you think Kyle Hamilton will be better or Kayvon Thibodeau will be better, and I think it's Kyle Hamilton. So I'm going to go with our boy, our Notre Dame stud safety. He's a Swiss Army knife. You can line up anywhere. You can use him in so many different ways. He's just super versatile. He didn't have the the hottest combine. Um, I think actually PFF said that. He, like they did this thing called like war projection based on combine results, and he projected as the worst safety <laughs> based on that. But it's it's one of those things where like just look at the tape. He he exactly. he's like he's still yeah. really quick. He, he he can do everything. So um, the Texans secondary needs help. Kyle Hamilton will give him help. So I think I take him at three. Also, the people saying he had a bad combine are literally only looking at his forty. That's the only thing they're looking yeah. at. But anyway, yeah. 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 Like watching a game and how quick he is. Like the game against Florida yeah. State where he sprinted across the entire field. Yeah. yeah. Like pass. Exactly. Yeah. Or literally sure. any of the other athletic drills yeah. he did. Yes. Yeah. Do they do other things in the combine besides the 40? I've never yeah, seen any of them advertised. So. No, they do vertical jump, broad <laughs> jump. Oh, sorry, Aiden. Oh, no. Sorry to insult your intelligence. <laughs> you sounded so earnest. No, you're good. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, moving on. Uh, the New York Jets are on the clock. My New York Jets are on the clock. The we are sad that Kyle Hamilton was taken. I wanted a Jamal Adams kind of replacement of sorts, given how awful our defense was last year. Uh, but anyway, with him off the board, going for another boring pick. I'm going to keep this trend going. Um, Iki Ekwonu. I probably butchered his name from NC State. Damn um, it! Again, yeah. <laughs> Take that. I was going to pick um, him too yes. if he fell to me. Um, but, but yeah, again, similar situation to the Jets. Young quarterback. A young quarterback who looked very bad last year. And some of that was due to his protection being bad. Um, and so this is, you know, a first step in the right direction for, for giving Zach Wilson some more time. And now the other New York team. Um, I well, think this is my yeah. worst nightmare. <laughs> because as a Giants fan, I was looking to upgrade the offensive line. Evan Neal and Iki Iquanu were both uh, options for me. And I was hoping that the Jets would go defense, considering their defense was so bad. But their GM came right underneath my nose and picked somebody I wanted to pick. So I'm going to go with Kayvon Thibodeau, the defensive end out of Oregon. There's questions about his motor, but you know New York Giants desperately need a new pass rusher. Wink Martindale doesn't really need pass rushers for his defense, but... When you have a talent like that on the board, you might as well go for it. Yeah. Wink knows all. <laughs> <laughs> that he does. Yeah, moving on to the Panthers at six, Lucas. So I'm of two minds here. One, the Panthers clearly need offensive line talent. Pretty bad last year, but the two best offensive linemen are off the board. But consider that. The other thing that is maybe the Panthers' biggest need is at quarterback. Um, and... Um, don't do it. I don't know. <laughs> Sam Darnold did not work out too well. 
and small hands Kenny Pickett is on the board. Um, but we're not going to be that bold. We're going to pick uh, Tyler Linderbaum. He's an offensive tackle from Iowa. Darnold was fine. The offensive line is a much more pressing concern uh, for the uh, Panthers. He's probably the third best lineman um, in this draft. Pretty boring, solid pick. Overall, really good. Maybe it doesn't have the upside of Aquano or Neal, but he'll slot like into their right into their O line and protect Darnold and sort of help correct some of the issues they had um, last year. Yep. And we got a familiar face on the clock: the Giants again. Wyatt. I desperately need a tackle, and Charlie Cross is in there looking at me. Who who might be <laughs> one of the who has been reported as the best pass-protecting tackle in the league or in the draft so far. But I'm going to go with a physical freak in Trevor Penning, who I thought had a very good draft. He ran like a 4.8 for a tackle mm-hmm. at, at 300 and something pounds. I got to see what it is. 321 pounds. He ran a 4.8. He's 6.7. He is pretty much has the same about of you know physical prowess that Evan Neal might have. And we're going to look to upgrade our run offense a lot more than we are a pass offense right now so i'm gonna go with trevor penning the surprise pick i almost yeah. picked him uh last two he looked really good like just his combine numbers were insane yeah he has a very controversial clip online of him like throwing people during the senior bowl and it's more or less the way he throws them into the quarterback but i think that's kind of more just to show a little aggression he's got a little bit of nastiness to him i like it <laughs> okay falcons at eight bart yeah, so the Falcons, I think the Falcons' biggest need is clearly their pass rush. They were worst in the league in pressure percentage and worst in sack rate last year. So I'm looking at Trayvon Walker out of Georgia here. He can play edge or he can play interior defensive lineman. Wow. He's a beast. You think that's a reach, Wyatt? Uh, no, I don't think it's a reach. I, we'll talk about it afterward. I think he increased mm-hmm. the stock mm-hmm. a lot. Yes, this, but, I was going to yeah. mention that. Yeah, so like, you just like if you look at his tape, you can tell he plays very aggressively and athletically. And then at his combine, he had a 9.99 RAS score. RAS is relative athletic mm-hmm. score or something like that, um, which basically means he's like as athletically dominant as you can hope. So, yeah, I mean, he, he was rock solid on the Georgia team, which we know was like a historically good defense. I think he's a fantastic prospect, and he would help the – Falcons pass rush a lot. Yeah. He, he was like a late first round, second rounder type guy. And, I'll, you know, he's picked in the top 10. So yeah. does the combine matter? Stay tuned. We'll, you know, we'll yeah, talk we'll further. Discuss. <laughs> um, anyway, at nine now it's as of today, the Seahawks pick Jared. I think I honestly didn't want to pick a quarterback here because of the depth of the position, but I think it pretty much has to be a quarterback, to be honest, at this point. Um, and, and I'm going Malik. I'm going Malik Willis for this pick. I feel like he's like kind of the sexy pick that's kind of flying up the boards, and he's not maybe my first pick, but I think this that's who the Seahawks are going to go with, kind of more in like a, a prototype in a way that is more similar to Russell Wilson is with his, with his athleticism. Um, I know there's like concerns about what kind of competition he's playing against, that sort of mm-hmm. stuff, but I think the Seahawks are, yeah, I think for sure they're going quarterback here, honestly. After like cutting Bobby Wagner, it's just like, yeah, full reset. I you I don't know when you're going to get another pick this high. Like maybe maybe the Seahawks completely suck next year and they're <laughs> the, two, the second pick, but mm-hmm. I don't know if the Seahawks are going to bank on that. So I, I think they're going to go quarterback here. 
Fair enough. Malik Willis. Yeah. Okay, at 10, Jets are on the clock again. Um, is it potentially wrong for me to keep drafting offensive players? Maybe. Um, but we're going we're gonna to draft a playmaker. We're going with Garrett Wilson. Um, shout out Wyatt. Um, he had a yeah elite speed that was clear at the combine. Good hands, run good, runs good routes. Um, I think, you know, the Jets have Elijah Moore, who they drafted last year, looked pretty good. Uh, but they still need playmakers. And, you know, Zach Wilson, we're trying to make him look as good as possible. Um, and I think it's Garrett Wilson, Drake London. It's, I mean, yeah, I, I think Drake London's also an option, but um, I'm leaning the Ohio State guy here or the first gotta, Ohio State guy here. Gotta lead the know. Ohio State guys. Always. Yeah. You know me. Um, but... <laughs> okay. Blue chippers. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the uh, Washington Commanders, Jared, at 11. I think you guys know where what I'm picking this well, maybe you could guess. Like they, the Washington has needed a quarterback for like, I don't even know how long for for a long time, at least since Kirk Cousins <laughs> left for sure. Uh, and they've always like rented at that position instead of investing in that position. I think this year they finally invest in that position. I mean, we obviously know like they very publicly were going after any. They've been like calling teams about pretty much any quarterback that's like not Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, th- those guys. Well, they- they called the Chiefs, actually. Did they call the Chiefs? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So they obviously want a quarterback. I think they're going to go Kenny Pickett here. He's the brand name, I think, in mm. this year's draft. Set a whole bunch of records. I don't know. Joe Burrow also had small hands, apparently, and was considering retirement before his rookie season. So I think like that's just one of those combine things that they kind of get in and like but get it all in their heads and all that stuff. Kenny Pickett, fall out of his hands, Kenny Pickett would have the <laughs> smallest hands ever for uh, a starting quarterback. Well, there's a first no, time, there's a first time for everything. <laughs> Records are made to be broken. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I definitely think I think Kenny Pickett would be my like first quarterback on my big board. Mm-hmm. But um yeah. I think I that's how Washington's going to pick her. I wonder how big, like, if you put, like, my hands up against Kenny Pickett's hands. Like, what is a small hand for the NFL? Yeah. Like, I don't they know. They have like, the What's the average hand? Looks yeah. at it. Kenny Pickett's yeah. hand is like that of a seven-year-old, I heard. It's like an average seven-year-old's hand. <laughs> really? <laughs> how long is the average hand? The average nine, hand is 7.6 inches. Oh, sorry. Oh. The NFL quarterback hand size is 9.75. It's like the gold standard. And Kenny the Pickett's average, is eight? Is that eight? It's like eight point eight. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The, but the average man's hand size is seven point six. Hey, so he's, so like, Kenny, he's still above average. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it takes all of that. Kenny takes all of Yes. Okay. We're going to the hometown. Another hometown team. The Vikes for Bart at twelve. As the Vikings here, I am ecstatic, absolutely thrilled to be here. <laughs> Thank you for having us. No, um, the Vikings allowed the fifth most passing yards last season. Their cornerback depth is super weak. Patrick Peterson, for instance, was just signed for a one-year contract. I am ecstatic to take my number one cornerback, Sauce Gardner, off the board here. In all of his years of college, he didn't allow a single touchdown. He didn't allow more than 20 yards in a game this past season. He's just super fluid. He can stay with any receiver, even though he's not necessarily the fastest quarterback in the league. Uh, I saw Daniel Jeremiah compare him to four-time. Was he really in, in 40 time? I think he so. Was, yeah. Or as far as like the big names, yeah. He ran a 4-4. Oh, oh, okay, as far as the big names. 
Um, he was likened to Antonio Cromarty, four-time pro bowler, which I think is a, is a very flattering compliment. If he can be that good, that's excellent. So as the Vikings, I'm thrilled to take uh, Sauce here at, at 12. Yeah, no more passing touchdowns in uh, Minnesota. Might as well pack it up. There. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Bart, do you notice, too, that PFF has one of the Vikings' needs as quarterback? Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't see that, but that, I mean, I guess that kind of makes yeah. sense. Okay, Rest that's in peace, Kellen Mond. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> okay, Wyatt Browns at thirteen. How how could I not pick an Ohio State guy, Chris Olave? <laughs> Come on, no. <laughs> I think I look. I think he's this year's Justin Jefferson's Justin Jefferson. I think that he's gonna have a really big year. He's explosive. I know that there's questions about his frame and his, you know, his contested catchability, but. I think what the the Browns really need is a playmaker in space because Baker Mayfield isn't throwing deep downfield passes. They're not going to have a complex passing offense. They're just going to get Chris Olave the ball and tell him to go. So I'm going to draft Chris Olave here for the Cleveland Browns. I was very excited. I thought he had a fantastic draft, and I'm happy to take him. Combine. Combine, yeah. Excuse me, combine. Also, I don't know, dude. His his highlight reel is just insane too. Insane. It's mm-hmm. it's crazy. A, like they remind me that group of Ohio State wide receivers that they kind of have this year, and like with Smith Smith and Jigba and stuff, reminds me of when Alabama had Devontae Smith, Waddle, yeah. Judy, yeah. all those guys. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Who needs Odell or you know Jarvis? <laughs> anyway. um, but Ravens at fourteen. Bart. Yeah. So. Just like with the Falcons, I think the Ravens' biggest need is edge. I'm going to go edge here. Um, they were fifth worst in sack rate last year, ninth worst in pressure percentage. So I think it's a it's a decent choice. I mean, I think the Ravens could use help. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I'm going to edge here. It's cool. There are a lot of uh, there are three separate edge players I would consider taking here, but I'm going to go Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State. Mm. Uh, high motor against the run, which is important. It's not just a passing league yet. Uh, excellent <laughs> size and quickness. He's got a really quick first step. Um, which like I you'll, you'll like hear people say that about Donald Aaron Donald all the time. So I think that's an important trade in rushing the passer. And it's interesting. He uh, I think this is the first time we've mentioned the Senior Bowl today. He played really well at the Senior Bowl, which apparently boosted his that. stock a little bit. Oh wait, who? Oh, okay, I, I'm sorry, I missed that. Ah, indeed. The Bowl. <laughs> okay, so yeah, I mean, I think uh, he's he's the best edge prospect on the board right now. Although it's close, so I'm taking him for the Ravens. Nice. Yeah, okay, now we got back-to-back picks from the Eagles. 15. Lucas, take it away. Yeah, it's going to be like the Lucas show for the next four, five, or six picks. <laughs> I think I have three of, the, three of the next five picks. Um, the burden of being an Eagles fan. But Eagles also need to upgrade an edge. Um, I'm happy that Bart did not pick George Karloftis because that's who I'm going with for the Eagles' uh, next pick. I remember watching him when he played against Notre Dame this year for Purdue. He was an absolute monster. Um, and I think he is everything he needs to take the step to the next level. He was a beast in college in 26 games. He had 29 tackles for loss, 14 sacks. He's a few downsides. Um, his lateral movement isn't great, um, and he needs to improve in playmaking against the run, but he's an elite pass rusher who will really help on the Eagles. So Karloftis at 15. Um, one of the Eagles' other big needs um, is that they need a little bit of help at linebacker. Um, so I'm going to go with Nicobe Dean, a linebacker from Georgia. Um, the Eagles have historically been kind of allergic to drafting uh, linebackers in the first round, um, but I think they'll finally spring for one on Dean. He might be a little small as one downside, but he was absolutely dominant with Georgia. Um, like we've said before, like 
The Georgia defense was so good this year. Picking anybody from that team is probably mm-hmm. a pretty safe bet to succeed in the NFL. Um, he would plug um, an important gap uh, for the Eagles. And people seem to be really thinking uh, N'Kobe Dean and the Eagles would be a really good match. He fits really well in what Jonathan Gannon does on defense and would probably slot in nicely to play there. So N'Kobe Dean at 16 for the Eagles. Nice. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Dean. And right now on the clock is the Los Angeles Chargers. I'm also very ecstatic to have my favorite pick. I'm going to go with Jordan Davis, who I think is suffering mm. from some overanalyzing when it comes to the, the the pundits that talk about it on TV. There's questions about whether or not he's a four-down player. Well, he'll be the best damn two-down player you've ever had. Because Jordan <laughs> Davis, I think the RAS score, I think he was second all-time or something like that. But, I mean, a guy for his, his size ran a 4.7 at 340. I mean, like a 478, which is incredible. So at the end of the day, I'm going to take Jordan Davis. The Chargers are historically bad at stopping the run. And for what mm-hmm. Brandon Saley needs to do, he needs a big guy in the middle of two gapping. He's there, Aaron Donald. Yeah, I think that's a good <clears throat> gap for the Chargers. Uh, okay, Saints at 18, Jared. <sighs> Um, I don't know, honestly. So I, I'm not picking a quarterback again. Uh, I, I have seen a quarterback mocked here a lot, actually, uh, in the 18th spot. But I'm not. I don't think it makes sense for the Saints quite yet, to be honest. I think they honestly might be on like a one-year bridge with Dennis Allen anyway, and they are banking on Sean Payton to come back, and maybe that's the year to get a quarterback when you have uh, his input. If he if he did give input, um, I kind of. Uh, I think I might go Derek Stingley Jr. actually here because he's he's one of the best. He's like a lot of big boards have him as literally the second or third best player in the draft. And just because he hasn't played in a while, that's why he's kind of falling. Um, and a lot of people are like, he could be the steal if he's steal the draft if he's picked in the teens. He's available here in the teens. They need, I mean, you can always like have a good corner in the NFL. The other need would be <clears throat> wide receiver, but. I think I'm gonna. I'm think I'm gonna go Derek Stingler Jr. here. Actually, I think wide receiver is pretty deep, so I can spare it. Good to know that Ian Buck is safe. <laughs> I was getting. I, actually, I meant to say like they have their quarterback in the future. I meant to say. <laughs> Are you draft? Uh, yeah. Sorry. yeah. <laughs> who, wait, who? All, all, all Notre Dame quarterback room. Jack Cohen. Oh. You know. <laughs> Okay, again, we got the Eagles on the clock. We're sick of him, but, but Lucas is on the clock. <laughs> yeah, okay, so this I think comes down to two things for the Eagles. Um, they need help with safety, and they need offensive weapons for um, Jalen Hurts to play with because he was just had a complete lack of them in the passing game, especially uh, last year. So I think that's a little bit more of a pressing concern than safety for the Eagles because they do have pretty good corners. So um, I'm going to go wide receiver here, and I'm going to go uh, Jamison Williams from Alabama. Um, there are some downsides. He did tear his ACL in the national championship game this past year, so got to hope for the recovery. Yeah, it's like, it was, you know, he's got he's got a high upside. Um, and NFL.com describes him as long and lean, but lanky. Um, but that's what they said about <laughs> they said about Devonte Smith, and that worked out pretty well. But he's got everything else you need to be like a great um, downfield threat. He's super fast. He has like multiple state records in the hurdles in high school. Um, posted um, more uh, in college football best eleven touchdowns of thirty plus yards in twenty twenty one. He just adds like another element to the Eagles' offense of just that like run down the field, get open, score type of threat. 
Um, he also returned two kickoffs for touchdowns as well in 2021. So I think he's a good pick for the Eagles, even if it might take him a little longer to get into the team because of the ACL injury. Okay, next up we got Steelers on the clock. I'm picking for him. Um, and I will go QB here. Um, Mason Rudolph is not the answer. <laughs> I'm going to go Matt Corral. He, you oh, know, he interesting. has good arm talent. Uh, he played in his bowl game, so he has character. Um, he, he does seem like a, like a genuinely good <laughs> competitor, though. Um, and I feel like he could kind of follow up that, like, Big Ben energy um, to the best of, of anyone available, at least at the moment. Um, so I'm going to go with him. Yeah. yeah. Who is next? Bart, New England Patriots on the board. Yeah, I'm I'm happy to be here again. Uh, I think <laughs> the Patriots are going to be looking to upgrade. <laughs> I need to stop saying that. The Patriots are going to be looking to upgrade their offensive tackles. Trent Brown leaving in free agency. Isaiah Wynn is in the last year of his contract, and obviously they want to protect their asset, Mac Jones. Charles Cross is my pick here. Um, Wyatt mentioned him earlier. He's been dubbed as possibly the best pass protector in this class. Ideal, ideal size and length. Super smooth, really great lateral quickness and moving side to side against pass rushers. So he will be a long-term starter for the Pats if, the, if he's available here. Yeah. Okay, Raiders at 22, Wyatt. You know, I, w- I want to make like a super Raiders pick. And just kind of like gone <laughs> off field here. But that that era is also over. So I got to go with a super Patriots pick. And there are actually a lot of talented players that are still on the board. I'm going to go with Traylon Burks. I think they, they, they are going to reach for a wide receiver. I think they should be building their defense up a lot more. But Traylon Burks had a less than impressive combine. At least with the 40, he ran a lot slower than we thought he was going to be. They, when he first lined up, they said... He's expected to run in the four fours, and then he ran like a four five five and a four six or something like that. So it was a rough go, but they need a wide receiver one, and mm-hmm. he is definitely like the big body, tougher pass catcher type guy that I think, you know, both Oakland and the Patriots would draft. Yeah. Okay, Cardinals at twenty three, Lucas. All right, so Cardinals have a few things they could go for here. They could go for cornerback. Uh, they need help on the O-line and they need defensive tackle. I'm going to stick with a uh, cornerback, and I'm going to go with Trent McDuffie, who is a cornerback from Washington. Um, CBS Sports favorably compared him to Tyron Matthew, which I think is a good comparison. Um, and he was had a really good combine. I uh, ran a 4-4-4, 40. Um, I don't know. Really good in run support, um, and I think will just really help the Cardinals defense. So I'll go with McDuffie here at 23. Nice. Yeah. Okay. America's team, Cowboys at 24, Jared. <laughs> um, I think I'm going to go with kind of a, a boring pick here. And I might get this this wrong, but I'm going to go with Bernard Raymond um, on mm. an offensive tackle. Yeah. Mm. I, I think they're eventually going to need to <laughs> rebuild that offensive line. A lot of other needs are like D tackle and D end. But um, this is another guy that. Pretty good, pretty good combine. Like good vertical jump, good shuttle. His forty was was almost sub five, which is pretty good for an O lineman. So, um, yeah, I think that's probably the the best pick there. I would have, I didn't think this guy would fall, but I would have picked a uh, Linderbaum there. But somebody else, I don't I can't remember who, but yeah. but somebody else took him. So, yeah. <clears throat> nice. Yeah. Okay. Bills at twenty five. I'm on the clock. Um, 
I'm going to go with the wide receiver here. Um, I think <clears throat> have someone line up opposite uh, Stefan Diggs, and they'll be losing Cole Beasley, it seems like, this offseason. Um, and Drake London is still on the board, big body receiver. Uh, he's going to go up and compete for balls. Uh, it's going to be hard to, to find a good you know cornerback matchup for him. Um, so, yeah, had a bit of an iffy combine, but that's, a, I feel like, a given that he's, you know, just bigger and going to be slightly slower than the, you know, um, Ohio State receivers of the world. Um, Ohio State t- recruit tall receivers. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. There's, <laughs> like, a height ceiling for yeah. uh... <laughs> Okay, Titans at 26, Jared. Dude, I don't even know. I've seen literally every position under the sun other than punter or kicker uh, as, like, a need or, or what's going to get, like, mocked here. And so, okay, yeah, so somebody, a lot of my picks have been taken. McDuffie taken. My O-line picks taken. You know what? So I probably would go, I probably would, um, <laughs> why it's steering me to, ed- to edge right here. <laughs> Sure, I'll go David Ojabo from uh, from Michigan. <laughs> he did have a pretty good combine, actually. He was pretty fast, mm-hmm. faster than Aiden Hutchinson. So, mm-hmm. um, I can, yeah, I'm good with that pick. <laughs> I don't really know where the Titans are going to yep. do here, to be honest. I don't think they're going yeah, like they're, quarterback they're or tough. whatever the heck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. everybody thinks that. Okay, Buccaneers, Lucas. <clears throat> All right, so this one might be a little bit out of left field, but I think the Buccaneers might go running back here. I know it's always bad to take a running back in the first round, but <laughs> but um, no, I'm not alone in thinking this either. Um, but with Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette both being free agents, there's no sort of guarantee they come back, and you don't probably have to pay each of them. Running backs, you can sort of plug in and out uh, with frequency, and there is a really, really good one um, who would be available to them mm-hmm. in the late first round, and I'm going to go Brees Hall, who is the mm-hmm. running back from Iowa State. Um not only was he excellent in college, he was the first unanimous All-American in Iowa State history, but he's one of just six running backs um, to earn a next-gen stats overall prospect score of 99 uh, since 2003, so in the last 20 years. He had a really good combine. He ran a quick 40. He only made really one mistake in his entire combine where he slipped up on a route, um, and he really impressed and looks probably be the best running back out of this class. So mm-hmm. I think... Um, they're going to try and build uh, that offense out again. I don't know if there's any quarterback here that's probably worth taking um, at this point. Um, so I think they fill in their running back gap and go with Brees uh, Hall. <clears throat> okay. okay. So the Packers are on the board at 28, and I'm picking for them. And I'm trying to figure out how I can both simultaneously make the right pick and piss off Aaron Rodgers <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, you know, I... They sign. They re-sign Aaron Rodgers or sign. I'm using air quotes. Aaron Rodgers. They franchise tag Devonte Adams, so their offense is set. I could go for another wide receiver, but how many times does Aaron Rodgers actually throw to rookie wide receivers and big <laughs> or even anybody else other than Devonte Adams? I'm gonna go with Devin Lloyd, who there's a chance that Devondre Campbell might leave in free agency. Devin Lloyd uh, didn't exactly have the greatest combine ever there was there was a chance that he would have gone within the top 10 originally if the draft had happened two weeks ago so he fell but he's not as athletic as you thought but he's still a really good linebacker i'm gonna pick devin lloyd to replace or possibly place or play alongside devondre campbell darius and preston smith might also be gone so we've got to redo that defense nice okay (laughs) dolphins at 29 bart 
yeah. I, I will just like to say, I was thinking about taking him as well, and I even was considering him at 21. I think he's mm-hmm. super underrated, Wyatt. Uh, that's a good pick. Um, I'm going interior offensive line here. The Dolphins' offensive line is clearly their biggest need. Sack numbers don't tell the whole story because two is really evasive, but PFF tells me that they gave up the most pressures in the league and recorded the lowest pass blocking efficiency in the league. So that's trash. I'm taking <laughs> Kenyon Green out of Texas yeah. A&M here. Uh, very versatile. He lined up at four of the five positions on the O-line this year, so I don't know where exactly they would put him, but clearly he can play in a number of places. He's got quick feet, good agility, he's really strong, um, and apparently he's just generally considered the best interior offensive lineman in this draft. I think that even means over Linderbaum, whoever took him earlier. Um, but, yeah, I think I think the Dolphins would be thrilled if a good offensive tackle or a good interior offensive lineman fell here to 29. So that's that's how Mike McDaniel's kicking off his Dolphins career. Yeah. Okay, we're getting towards the end. Wyatt with the Chiefs at 30. Man, you know, I was kind of hoping that there'd be less talent on the board so I can make a more fun pick. Because I was going to pick <laughs> Jahan Dotson here, the wide receiver out of Penn State, as their wide receiver two. But their secondary is so bad. I've talked about it so many times. The They might lose Tyron, Tyron Matthew. Andrew Booth is still on the board, who I actually didn't expect yeah. to make it to me this far. So I'm going to pick Andrew Booth, who might be one of those you know, underrated Clemson corners like A.J. Terrell was a couple years ago when they picked him. He ended up becoming a really great corner. So you, know, you, you hope you have a corner of the future right now if you're Kansas City. Okay, 31... We got the Bengals. I'm on the clock. We all know what the Bengals need. It's a quarterback. Uh, no, it's um, it's O line. Uh, and in terms of best on the board at the moment, is I think what the um, what the Bengals are looking for. We're going Zion Johnson. Um, he had a very good combine. He had 32 reps in the bench press. This dude is strong. He also is pretty versatile. Uh, he can play center guard. He's also played a little bit at tackle. Um, so I feel like the Bengals are going to be kind of. Uh, trying to fill up their O-line as best as possible. He can kind of slot in anywhere. Uh, so I feel like he's a pretty good pick here to, you know, make sure that Joe Burrow spends less time on the ground. And finally, we got the Detroit Lions via the Rams. Jared, take us home. It would be kind of poetic if they went with a franchise quarterback here. <laughs> but I think mm-hmm. if I were the Lions, honestly... I probably expect you're going to be bad again next year, and you might be able to get C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young next year. So I probably go with Devontae Wyatt is who's jumping out to me right now. Just get some the best talent available. And somebody, again, I think Lucas mentioned, on the historically great defense and the best defense in college football last year out of Georgia. Um, and just kind of round out. get Just get talent, you know, with this with this class is what I would go. Yeah. Yeah. Good choice. And there we have it. Yeah. We have officially predicted exactly correctly. Come back and check us and you know, I'm up there. Thirty two for thirty two. Thirty two for thirty two. Um but okay, now that we have <laughs> drafted everybody, uh, we're gonna do a, a quick recap and kinda talk about the, the combine which happened last week. Um so in retrospect now that we see this, um who rose the most to their combine, who fell the most? This isn't like a top line one, but I want to mention it because he's close to all our hearts. Uh, Kyron Williams had an awful combine. Yeah, I, was I don't know if everybody too, saw it. Um, I really, he was great at Notre Dame. I'm hoping he does the best in the NFL. But he was seen as like I think like a 
third-ish round pick, second, third round pick. But he just, like, was really bad at the combine. He came in on pretty underweight, and he had really bad vert and a really bad broad jump. But to, the cherry on top was he had the worst 40 of any running back in um, in the whole combine. He ran, he ran a four six five. So I think he probably took himself from, like, a late second, early third round pick, which I think is where he's projected to, like, probably a few rounds after that at this point. Yeah, and and, and uh, people were saying before, like, oh, he's probably just a third down back. Like, he's a good pass catcher, mm-hmm. and that's kind of it. And he was like, no, I want to be in any down back. But, yeah, d- <clears throat> he definitely didn't help that, though. You're right. Yeah. I have a couple risers. Yeah, go ahead. I thought Chris Olave was, was a riser, and I think yeah. that there were a lot of really big concerns about whether or not he was going to be, like, a – the a, be, a good number two or a number one in the league. And I actually didn't know this. If you had just watched videos on Chris Olave and how people talk about him, I would have thought that he was like the shorter of the two between him and Garrett Wilson, but he's actually taller and faster than Garrett Wilson is. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was kind of shocking to me. And as far as like measurements go as well, I thought Ahmad Gardner, the way he measured, like you don't watch a lot of Cincinnati games on TV, but when you see him, <laughs> in just his compression shirt and compression shorts just standing there he looks in- physically impressive as far as like how long he is <laughs> and he ran a 441 i thought that, that was something it's going to be a beast and then also to combat that with the ri- with the faller i thought Traylon Burks fell a little bit i mean he wasn't mm-hmm. like bad but his 40 time was a lot slower than i thought it was yeah i, I also had him Apparently everything for him is bad. His vert jump, his broad jump, and his three cone chill were all also subpar. Apparently, mm. <laughs> than what so, everyone expected. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it also was just like a bunch of wide receivers were really good, which yeah. is kind of mm-hmm. like you can't control that. But the, yeah, this was a really athletic class, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of uh, yeah, more risers. Not that we needed more evidence that Georgia's uh, D line was fantastic, right. but they all <laughs> showed up. Um, and showed how crazy they were. Obviously, Jordan mm-hmm. Davis, you know, ran a four seven eight for like a three hundred forty one pound guy. Devontae Wyatt <laughs> was great. Also, he ran a four seven seven at three hundred four pounds. Um, so just yeah, this really could be looked at back at as just yeah, the best D line ever in college football. You know who Jordan Davis is faster than Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. They did a little simulcast, like a, a both of them running at the same time. Yeah, I saw that. Jordan that's Davis crazy. is faster. <laughs> you probably find a lot of quarterbacks, though, right? Like that's yeah, crazy. yeah. Yeah, I think he's Brady. faster than Mahomes actually, because yeah. he was like a four eight something. Yeah. We're gonna see that in action next year with Jordan Davis yeah. chasing down QBs. Uh huh. Yeah. Another like sort of maybe a little more under the radar riser. I thought Cole Strange, who's a guard from Tennessee, Chattanooga. Oh, uh, let's go. Yeah, I think he's a guy from like a really small school that could make a big difference because he put in some like crazy physical numbers um, in the combine. He was second best in bench reps um, of uh, any offensive lineman, and he had the best broad jump of any offensive lineman. Um, Next gen stats have him as the second most athletic interior lineman in the whole class, and I think he was flying pretty far under the radar before this, but put up some crazy athletic numbers at the combine. So I think that helped his draft stock a lot. Mm-hmm. I had another guy like that. Uh, I wanted to mention Tariq Woolen, cornerback from Texas San Antonio. Uh, he ran a 4-2-6 yeah. 
I think PFF had him as the highest war projection of any cornerback because his combine went so well. So that's another guy, just like Lou was saying, very athletic, and that's going to bump his stock up a lot. I don't know how well athleticism tracks with – I guess this goes for every position, how well athleticism tracks with cornerback success. (laughs) But I think it's probably one of the positions where it's more useful so that you can't get blown off the line and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I just have a couple really quickly. I won't go into a lot of detail. I thought Trevor Penning was another guy who who raised a lot. He – Tested as a physical freak the same way that Evan Neal did. And the way I dropped it, I wouldn't be too surprised or too upset if this is the way it fell for us. I also thought another riser, and I thought about taking him for Oakland, was the linebacker out of Wyoming, Chad Mumma, who ran a 4-6. He benched 27 reps, and he had a 40-inch vertical. And I think that he may have um, supplanted himself as like an early second round, maybe even possibly a first down. A linebacker and I there's some guys that I follow on TikTok and Twitter who are like drafting Elizers and they have him in as their linebacker too. So I mean he he's risen a lot. Wow. So is Oakland Chad- is Oakland your expansion team or <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just Chad Mama looks like he would be named Chad too. I just <laughs> <laughs> like, oh That's gosh. not a good or a bad thing, but like I think it okay. makes sense. Yeah. Anybody else have any final thoughts? Like Ross. Um, well, okay. One one thing I wanted to call out. Apparently, some people view like you can decline by omission. Uh, like Matt Coral is one I saw. Apparently, people are thinking that he falls just because Howell and Desmond Ritter showed up and like looked really good. And so people are like, oh, just by literally not being there, Matt Coral has cost himself money. I think that's an interesting take, but. But he's recovering from an ankle injury that he suffered from, right. from playing I mean, in the beloved bowl games that we all love when, <laughs> when quarterbacks are actually competitive and blah, 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 blah. They love the game. And then now he doesn't get Kirk. to test at the combine. So. Right. Yeah, so I mean, it's, like, it's out of your control sometimes, but it's still. I mean, it got, everyone got what they wanted, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they also were talking at length about uh, uh, Thibodeau as well in the same regard, like, Back in my day, because he only, I think he only ran the 40 or and he, and he benched. Okay. He, I know he didn't do like on field, on the field work. He might've done the vert and all that stuff, but no on the field work. And they were like, back in my day, I wanted to compete, show, like show them that I was ready to go. And I was like, that's so ridiculous. It's just outdated at this point. Like we don't see, we didn't see on the 30 other games of film, 36 other games of film that he might've had that he, that he wants, that he wants to compete. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's my two cents. I think the combine in general is I like watching like people like work out essentially. I think it's fun, but it's very like coachy and like in a way that reminds me of baseball and I have bad memories from like baseball camps and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you can only watch too much of it. Yeah. There's so much of it. Yeah. 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 Alright. Well with that, I think we're gonna wrap it up for the episode. Thanks for listening. Um, to our basically our mock draft 1.0 episode um, tune in I think we'll do one more before the draft so you can see how our thoughts change um, if you want to do that subscribe on Spotify sub- subscribe on Apple Podcasts and on SoundCloud get all the good episodes also follow us on all our social media Instagram, Twitter at you thought sport um, and we'll see you next week <laughs>